last week we spoke about the importance of our thoughts and imaginations. And we spoke about how our thoughts affect our emotions, when which then move us to act. So this week we will talk, we or we're going to look at how our minds work so that we can learn to control our thoughts and imaginations and so that we can learn how to redirect our minds to God. The transformation of the mind requires much work and a bit of knowledge. In her book called Switch on the, Your Brain, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, a communication pathologist and clinical neuroscientist specializing in psychoneurobiology, helps us to understand our minds. To briefly summarize the book, it speaks about the power of our unconscious mind, our thoughts, memories, imagination, and how we are able to control them, bringing peace, happiness, health, and ultimately union with God. The author speaks about capturing our thoughts before they become a part of our unconscious. And in fact, she constantly quotes Second Corinthians throughout her book, which says, take every thought captive to obey Christ. On page 13, she writes, you can, through conscious effort, gain control of your thoughts and feelings. And in doing so, you can change the programming and chemistry of your brain. What an amazing power God has given us. This ability for each one of us to change the chemistry of our own brains is a huge gift. Dr. Leaf explains in her book that in our unconscious is where 90 to 99% of brain activity occurs. We make decisions based on what is in our unconscious. And when our unconscious is toxic, that is, when it is filled with negative thoughts, memories, imaginations, we are then unable to control our emotions. And therefore, it affects our choices, our emotions, and even our health. She writes, Research shows that DNA actually changes shape according to our thoughts. As you think those negative thoughts about the future, the week ahead, or what a person might say or do, even in the absence of the concrete stimulus, that toxic thinking will change your brain wiring in a negative direction and throw your mind and body into stress. In other words, toxic thinking will lead your life in a negative direction, causing stress to your mind and body. This, I think, is something many have heard before, but the Lord wants to take us deeper. So let's continue so that we can understand how we as victim souls can manage our way of thinking so that we can enter a deeper union with the Lord. She continues further in the book. She writes, 
our choices, which are the natural consequences of our thoughts and imagination, get under the skin of our DNA, changing the structure of the neurons in our brains. So our thoughts and imaginations and choices can change the structure and function of our brains on every level, molecular, genetic, epigenetic, cellular, structural, neurochemical, electromagnetic, and even subatomic. Through our thoughts, we can be our own brain surgeons as we make choices that change the circuits in our brain. We are designed to do our own brain surgery. This specific power of our mind to change the brain is called epigenetics. And spiritually, it is as a man thinks, so he is, from Proverbs 23.7. The way the brain changes as a result of mental activity is scientifically called neuroplasticity. And spiritually, it is the renewing of our minds, as it tells us in Romans 12, 2. In other words, Dr. Leaf is saying that we are what we think. We are able to literally, physically, scientifically renew our minds. And again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, now has a deeper meaning where it reads, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. St. Paul, we continue today on his day of his conversion. St. Paul is giving us here, he's giving us advice as to what we are to do. These words are being spoken directly to us. We are being asked to do something here. We are being asked to intentionally work toward renewing our minds. And this requires us to exercise our free will in order to renew our minds with God's grace, of course. Dr. Leaf goes on to suggest that we are able to change the landscape of our minds by what we focus on. She continues on page 45. We are directly responsible for what we choose to think about and dwell on. And we make these decisions in the privacy of our own thinking. So this is what we spoke about last week, as Father Ron taught us. Our imagination is our private secret place, which is, which we are attached to. It is the place we escape to. We are directly, this is where we are directly responsible for what we choose to think. So let's remember now the question that Father Ron posed for us. He had us ponder, how much time do we spend in our imagination? So Dr. Leaf goes on to make a very important point that is also very united to something the Lord has taught us 
in love crucified. She says in page 45, as you think it is important to make a distinction between who you truly are, the real multifaceted unique you, and the person you have become through toxic choices. This again, so united to us of what we have learned in Love Crucified about becoming who we are not through our, the wounds and our need for healing. Our minds have been plagued with all sorts of thoughts that we have been collecting since our mother's womb. All of us have been wounded to some degree or another. And these thoughts are now in our unconscious. The Lord wants us to focus on his words, on his voice, through scripture, and the messages he's given us in Love Crucified. He wants to help us change the landscape of our unconscious mind, allowing for a greater peace and trust and hope. And in the end, really a true greater union with him. On page 72, she continues, the ability to quiet your mind, focus your attention on the present issue, capture our thoughts and dismiss the distractions that come your way is an excellent and powerful ability that God has placed within you. Again, these words are so united to love crucified. If we Remember our own language, the language the Lord has given us. Being able to quiet our minds, that is to enter silence, is an ability that God has given us. Being attentive to everyone he places in our lives is an ability that God has given us. And being able to capture our thoughts before they enter and control our minds is an ability that God has given us. But she goes on to say, in the busy age we live in, however, we have trained ourselves out of this natural and necessary skill. Natural because it is wired into the design of the brain, allowing the brain to capture and discipline chaotic rogue thoughts. Necessary because it calms our spirits so we can tune in and listen to God. When we are mindful of catching our thoughts in this way, we change our connection with God from uninvolved and independent to involved and dependent. According to Dr. Leaf, this ability to enter silence, to be attentive, and to capture our thoughts has been lost due to our current cultural atmosphere. But as she also mentions, these skills are necessary and we can regain them so that we can enter a greater union with God. The words involved and dependent on God, that's what that means, a greater union. And this is what our Lord desires, is a greater union with him. Dr. Leib also speaks about the importance of paying attention to how information enters our minds. She explains that we experience the world and express 
ourselves through our five senses. So she writes also again further in, in the book, she writes, information comes through the five senses, is received consciously by the conscious cognitive level, and then passes into the non-conscious metacognitive level. It's a little technical. I'm going to mention something about that in a bit. If you paid attention and started thinking and choosing, it becomes a physical thought as a result of genetic expression. This newly built physical thought will in turn impact your conscious cognitive. Our five senses activate an emotional response almost immediately. But if we don't take the time to process them, the unprocessed emotion will dominate. I'm just going to stop here a minute. And I just want to say the book has really helped me understand what the Lord has been putting in my heart. But the book really is a little technical. If you, some of you asked me for the book and somebody put it on the chat, so I didn't send it out. I apologize. But if this is something that interests you, that's great because it really has been helpful. But in reality, it really is a bit technical she uses a lot of science and some of the stuff is over my head i just wanted to mention that because that's important so i'll continue so this is where silence is crucial silence of the imagination silence of the memory silence of interior conversations silence of self-love silence of the will Silence of our senses, silence of judgment, silence of the heart, silence of the spirit, and even silence of speech and silence of body are all essential in the process of the transformation of our minds. These are all the silences that we learned about at our women's retreat, which you'll, you can find on the website. Entering this deep silence will afford us the ability to capture rogue thoughts and redirect our thinking to Christ. I quote again, Dr. Leaf, thoughts are real physical things that occupy mental real estate. Moment by moment, every day, you are changing the structure of your brain through your thinking. When we hope, it is an activity of the mind that changes the structure of our brain in a positive and normal direction. End of quote. So, therefore, when we hope, what she's saying is when we hope, when we intentionally choose to capture negative thoughts and choose to hope, instead, our thinking changes direction. We are redirecting our thoughts, discarding those which do not please the Lord to thoughts of him. Last week, we read a message in which God himself shows us how to redirect our thinking and to think only of him. So let's remember what he said to us on November 2nd, 2023. Our Lord told us, Begin to forget about yourself and try to think only of me and my passion of love. 
as I continue to suffer present in the Eucharist, I think only of souls and pleasing my Father. My gaze never leaves you, my little one. Try to mortify your flesh so that more and more you think only of me and pleasing our Father as one with me in the cloister of Mary's heart. This practice will help you greatly during the time of great suffering that approaches quickly. Last week I mentioned, also last week I mentioned, words that I felt the Lord speak to my heart, where he said, praise my holy name, praise always and in every situation. Those words are so united to this message above because praising our Lord's holy name in every situation naturally means that he is at the top of our mind. He's constantly in our minds. And so therefore, when we praise God, when we think constantly of him and thank him, we are obviously thinking of him. Our thoughts are redirected from negativity and distractions to thoughts that are only of him as he asks us to do. And really, all we have to do here is just remember our Lord, just remember all he has done in our lives and what he has spoken to us. I, I'm going to stop here a minute, Maria. I was just, I was reading this earlier, just praying on this, and I was thinking about my students. I teach teenagers, and as you can imagine, I get complaints quite often sometimes when they don't want to do work or So I tell them all the time to stop the complaining. When they stop complaining, the happier they will be and the happier the people around them will be. And I tell them, begin to thank the Lord for every little thing. And I promise you, you'll be happier. And it's true that when we redirect our thinking to Thanksgiving, it changes our hearts. And actually, we've learned this in Love Crucified. And in fact, there's a message and Right now, I don't know which one it is, where the Lord tells us that the prayer of praise should be our every breath. Okay, I continue. This past Sunday at Mass, a song was played during communion that helped me to understand this concept even more. The chorus or of the song is called Remembrance. It goes like this. Lord, we remember you. And remembrance leads us to worship. And as we worship you, our worship leads to communion. We, we respond to your invitation. We remember you. In the end, it is all about being in communion with our Lord. To enter a deeper union with him. To console his most sacred heart. To be one with him in his sufferings. When we remember him, it leads us to worship. And when we worship him, it leads to a greater union of hearts. The unconscious mind is quite powerful. And we must come to understand the workings of it in order to understand our emotions. And most importantly, understand God's power and might. In creating us. Entering a deeper silence. Will help in controlling our emotions. 
and move us to a greater hope. Because as Dr. Leaf says on page 76, an undisciplined mind is filled with a continuous stream of worries, fears, and distorted perceptions that trigger degenerative processes in the mind and body. We cannot afford not to bring all thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus. And there she's referring to 2 Corinthians 10.5. So this entire exercise is very difficult. In fact, I'm going to stop here, Maria. I'm sorry. I personally have been struggling since last night. Actually, this whole time, it's been very difficult, this controlling of the mind, especially someone like me who it, my mind is very active. And it is a constant battling, like I'm exhausted. It's a constant battling. And I guess that's why he's started with me by giving me this teaching because I need it so badly. But it's a constant struggle. Just, I guess, a constant attentiveness. So it's very difficult. And I continue, Maria. However, as we find ourselves doing the work of capturing our thoughts and holding them captive by discarding damaging thoughts, and choosing to hope and think only of him, we will find greater peace. This is a work of the will and a work of the mind. And it begins with surrendering our thoughts and free will with regard to our thinking. This, is, this part is absolutely essential. Now, once again, these messages come to my mind and they're so important for this teaching, the ones I'm going to read now. I want to dissect these messages a bit more to try to understand how the Holy Spirit possesses our minds, hearts, and faculties. So I want to read numbers 68 and 67 from the path again because I think that we can see them now after everything we've spoken of perhaps slightly different or maybe enter deeper into them. So the Lord says, my flame of love is the Holy Spirit. Through my path, my flame of love has possessed your minds, hearts, and faculties so that it is no longer you who live, but I who live in you. In this way, I live in you as you live in me and the Father lives in us. Do not be afraid to be sent out as my heralds of hope to usher in my era of peace. Do not be afraid to confront the forces of evil as my light, for it is the light of my holy remnant that will conquer the forces of darkness. Believe that you are the light of the world and hold the power of God. That's from May 26, 2014. That's 68 and then 67. Read, my flame of love has now possessed your faculties. You now live in peace in the darkness of faith without my sweet consolations. My flame of love has now possessed your faculties of sight, touch, 
hearing and speaking. It is my spirit in you who sees into the hearts of others. It is God's touch moving through your hands. You live now in the silence of the Trinity and your words are wisdom and understanding itself. As we have been reading, all the information we receive into our unconscious comes through our five senses, our faculties. So now, if the Holy Spirit truly possesses our minds, hearts, and faculties, then not only does he speak and gaze and touch each one of us, through each one of us, but it occurred to me that then he also serves as a filter, if you will, as we receive all the information that enters our minds through the whole, through through our faculties. So to me, this is the meaning of being no longer two, but one. So thus our prayer now must become one of surrender, as I mentioned last week, but also one of petition in which we ask the Holy Spirit to act as a filter in our minds. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to filter out all thoughts that do not glorify our Lord. We ought, He ought to be the only one allowed into our secret place of our imaginations. We must beg him to keep out any thoughts that do not please him, that do not glorify him. And beg for the grace for us to only allow hope to enter our minds and hearts. Our prayer must be the prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And I'll stop here a minute. I I went to confession at some point during all of this, and I shared all that I felt the Lord was showing me through this teaching. And it was actually the priest at school who said to me, that's the prayer of St. Ignatius. And I just stood there and I looked at him and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, yes, you're absolutely right. Because I was thinking, and, and I'll read it. So the prayer of St. Ignatius, take Lord and receive all my liberty, my memory, and my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. All is yours. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. For that is enough for me. I, I'm going to stop here a minute. I, I've been praying and, and thinking, like I said, for months on all of this. And I was thinking about all I have, as I mentioned, all my active brain. And their thoughts of you know, insecurities. I'm going to be honest with you. Thoughts of judgment. Thoughts of complaints daydreaming and so I have been trying and I am working hard in putting all this to practice but like I mentioned it's a daily struggle and so we really need God's grace we really need to enter that silence and that willingness and that complete surrender because at least for me again maybe because my mind is so active that I find this so difficult but it's also been such a time of grace 
because I do feel a greater peace. I feel like something's different in me that I feel just a, a greater sense of just peace. And again, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm trying to work hard here. And so next week, we will talk about why this is so important to exercise our free will in controlling our thoughts and imag imaginations and to enter deeper into silence so that the Lord can continue the transformation in each of our hearts. For me, there's a reason. There's a reason why we need to do this, why we need to cooperate with this, why we need to do the best we can to enter this silence. And so we'll talk about that next week. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.